Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Welcome to Women on the Line, Community Radio's National Women's Current Affairs Program, produced at 3CR Community Radio in Melbourne and broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network. I'm a regional. Walk down the path and slide down the slow When this all passes, it'll be just a story. Baby got a call from a mama. Somebody wanna go a little faster. Hide behind the pillar of a master. Build a sandcastle made of plastic. On today's Women on the Line, we hear from the excellent Lucy and Ketchy, co-founders of The Pin, a discussion platform run by biracial Australians for all Australians. And we're fortunate enough to have a chat with both Lucy and Ketchy about who they are, why they established The Pin and what it means. So the whole idea behind the PIN was basically to create a resource for people who are biracial or bicultural in Australia. Um, As um, Ketchy and I have kind of alluded to, we both um, grew up not really knowing other people who were biracial or bicultural, particularly the mix that we both are, which is Nigerian-Australian. And when we met much later in our 20s, uh, when we were working in the same library together, we kind of had this funny, awkward conversation where we didn't quite want to say, oh, what are you or where are you from or, you know, all those questions that people ask, but we wanted to find out in some way and so kind of started talking about hair and then from there led into both kind of saying, oh, I'm Nigerian-Australian, this is crazy, Um, and then finding out each other's, you know, tribal groups and kind of saying, actually, now we hate each other because traditionally that's what we're meant to do. So um, that's kind of how it started. Um, And once we kind of... We've known each other for about four years now, I think, and every conversation we have is kind of about race and culture and identity and how there just isn't really something available for people to connect with in Australia. It's all American-based. So that's where it came from. It was just a very simple idea that uh, we identified as something that was missing in the market and we thought we should start this. And when we say we talked about it in conversation... um I guess it's something that a lot of people go through with their friends who kind of have a similar experience where um, you laugh about awkward situations that you've had with people or um, about assumptions that people have made about you, Um, like, for example, people assuming that you can't speak English or people assuming that you've learnt English despite the fact that Lucy and I can't speak any other language. Um, And also having conversations, especially being women in Australia, about... um, being exotified or um, being overlooked because we are women of colour. Um, and, yeah, the conversation feeds fed into our lives a lot more than I think we realised until Lucy moved to Tasmania and I think it became a lot more obvious that she had experienced in Tasmania or is has, has experienced in the past year and a half I had experienced as like a 90s child growing up in Australia in, in, a, in a capital city. Um, so we really wanted to kind of find out like if is this the norm? Like are these the things that are happening to everybody else from not just African backgrounds but from Asian backgrounds, um, Middle Eastern, even European backgrounds. So um, 
that was also one of the things that we wanted to make sure that we weren't giving it a one, like a specific focus on people with African backgrounds, but of, of many cultures without using the word multicultural, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I know there is like a specificity about being biracial within this project as well. So what does it mean to be biracial and bicultural in Australia and what kind of issues and assumptions do you experience that are specific? So uh, biracial means people who are of two races um, and bicultural uh, people who who come uh, who may appear to be one culture or their parents might be from the same country, but the culture is very um, different to Australia. Um, so their parents might have come over here and brought their their um, their country's culture with them, and that's kind of held within the household or held within that community, um, as opposed to people who are biracial, who have parents who have come from um, different cultures. Um, or have have visibly different um, races, so black and white, Asian and white, Asian and black, blah, 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 like that. Um, What I've noticed with the experience is from a biracial perspective, which is what I can really honestly talk about, um, is that you don't feel that you belong in any culture because you physically do not look like either one. when I'm around uh, white Australian people, I look very black. When I'm around uh, Nigerian Africans, I feel that I look very white because I'm visibly lighter than them and my features are not 100% confirmed either way. Um, And I guess from that... The experience that you get is naivety, I guess, on both sides. I get, I, as a child, I got asked if I saw myself as black or white by the Nigerian community um, and then by the white Australian community. There's a lot of assumptions of my blackness um, that were thrown at me or I became the token black person that they referred all their questions of, is it appropriate to say this? Or as a black person, what do you feel about this? So you have that struggle. Um, You also have the struggle of culturally not knowing um, where you stand because for myself being Australian and Nigerian, I can identify very strongly with my Australian side because I grew up with it. Um, My mum's family is from Melbourne. I have Um, cousins that I've grew up with in Melbourne, whereas my dad's family is in Nigeria. I only met a very distant cousin as an adult and I have not met anybody else from that family. So I find it really hard to identify with that side. Um, When you're bicultural, like for example, someone who's Greek or Italian, there still is the feeling of not belonging. Um, And that kind of comes out of uh, growing up with parents who have come uh, come to Australia or they're the next generation of that country, of, of that culture living in Australia. But what it means is that <clears throat> they've um, brought that culture, your, your parents have brought their culture with them, but it's only their experience of that culture. So um, we spoke to uh, an Italian um, man named Frank um, who will be featured this month for Pride Month and he was saying how his parents culture was very much the 1950s Italian culture so when he's spoke to his cousins and stuff and went over to Italy himself people would say you're not speaking Italian like we speak Italian you're speaking like an old person because he was brought up on the cultures of 1950s Italy 
So we wanted to kind of explain the difference between that and also explain that people who are not visibly um, different from society. So I, I learned, I had made the assumption that Greek and Italian people felt very much a part of the Australian society because living in Melbourne, um, it's almost like a given that um, Greek and Italian culture is is within our society, has integrated and, and become a part of the Melbourne society. Um but I learned through this that actually a lot of people who have that background and who don't visibly look like they're different um, still feel extremely different and still feel like they don't belong to either culture because w- they might have had the experience of Australia outside their household but within their household and within their um, their parents' kind of cultural community, um, they've also had that experience of growing up and so they don't really... I think a lot of people in Australia don't know where they sit and I think that's why this project's so important because it's pointing out to people that their experience isn't one of isolation. It's it's actually an experience that a lot of people are going through, through different manners. Um, but I think the more that we talk about it, the more that we normalise it and the less pain and struggle people have to feel about it. Um, so just talking about that platform and thinking about the pin as a platform to communicate that, how, how did you establish that? How was that put together? And how do you source information, source people, do interviews, put it all together and also be like living, breathing, functional humans who work and, <laughs> and do all of that um, I think we're kind of both living a half-life at the moment. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> um, basically it's initially we kind of – drew from people that we knew and also people that we had seen in the public eye um, that had kind of previously identified as having a parent from uh, another culture or, you know, whatever their background is. Uh, So we sought out quite a few people that way. And it was basically just approaching people in the early stages with just an idea and saying, being completely upfront and saying, this website doesn't actually exist yet, but this is what we're trying to achieve. And are you happy to come on board and help us achieve that? And we received an amazing response from people initially. Um, people that I did not expect to say yes straight away basically answered within, within 24 hours. People like Sean Tan, um, who is an illustrator. So that's how we kind of approached it initially. And it does, it is a very kind of labor intensive process because we want to get the most out of each experience of meeting these people. So we often quite prefer to meet in person, uh, interview them in person, spend quite a lot of time just chatting about the topic. Then we go back and transcribe each interview. And then uh, we have, we luckily have a little team of people who are willing to edit things for us for free. Um, so that's kind of the process in a nutshell. Ketchy, can you think of anything else? No, I think that's right. We were really lucky. We literally sat in Lucy's lounge room sending out emails and screaming hysterically when we got responses because it was just an idea. We had a concept for the first three months of this project and then that evolved into a page, just one page that said, this is coming, so please like us. Um, Yeah, we got feedback straight away from, like Lucy said, Sean Tan, um, Uncle Jack Charles, the Indigenous actor, um, and um, Omar Bin Musa, who recently has won, like, or been very much in the public eye for his writing, and and he's also very big in the spoken word community. Um, and once we got their names, we were like, right, let's, let's keep telling people and um, telling people who are on board, because people are very happy to work with you if they know who else is kind of there doing it with you. Um, the other thing was why we chose to have the three topics, which are meet, think and express, um, 
We wanted, um, first of all, for people to feel open about talking about their opinion, even if it's not some, even if it's not a popular opinion or if it's not a very common opinion to have, um, not in a negative sense, but just to put a bit more perspective in how open that people could be on the site. Um, we wanted the meet, obviously, um, so that people on the site could meet people um, of very diverse backgrounds. And with we have like the kind of small hope that even if you're not from the same background as someone that we feature, that maybe their words ring true to you. Um, and then we also had the express piece, express pieces, which are more artistically focused because um, Lucy and I both love music and are both very much in the arts community. And we wanted a representation of that because we also wanted this site to be a celebration of who we are. We didn't want it to be like a let's come together and, and complain and feel even more depressed about sad things that have happened. It's more about showing people that... Um, there are amazing Australians out there and there are amazing role models out there and so, sometimes it's really hard to find. So we wanted a platform where people could find that as well. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's also worth kind of mentioning um, the struggle we had in choosing a name as well because initially we had a few names that directly related to the actual themes of race, culture and identity. And after a while we kind of realised that it's a project where although we are focusing on kind of specific elements you can't give it a specific name because people have lots of different uh, words that they like to use to express their identity and some words people find offensive um, depending on you know what they've been brought up with and everything Um, so we chose the name the pin because it's all about kind of having opinions and pinpointing a place on a map and uh, about you know where you're from or where what cultures you come from and we thought it important to kind of has something that is specific to the topic but not so specific that people are put off by the name. Mm, that's awesome. I That was actually one of the questions that I wanted to ask because um, I know how difficult that can be. Coming up <laughs> with a name, it's like takes longer than almost anything. It's just one of those ones that you keep like holding and then it's like we have to launch tomorrow and we don't have a name. So that's, that's amazing <laughs> and it's such an awesome um, idea and story behind that. Just briefly... Um, I noticed that the website is called a discussion platform and not a magazine. Is that, is that intentional? Um, yeah, yeah. I, I think um, we wrote discussion platform because we wanted it to be very much an open discussion um, and we didn't want people to approach it who may not relate to being biracial or bicultural and think that this is a um, platform that was telling them how it is. Um, and we also didn't want people who we talked to to feel like that they had to have specific opinions. Um, Lucy? <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I think the kind of content that we're putting up there, the kind of the think pieces where it can be a longer essay or the interviews where it is really just us sitting down and having a discussion really leans towards that idea of a discussion platform. Uh, we don't actually have it open to comments per se, but we do really invite people, if they feel like they have a story to share with us and they really want to share it, we invite people to um, contact us and let us know about their story with the possibility of sharing it online. So it's a discussion platform in that sense as well. I think if it, if we described it as a magazine, it would kind of not really do the whole topic justice because it it is something that we want to be more of a kind of community approach as opposed to a uh, you know us feeding people information situation. Blah, blah, that old chestnut Out with the water in the bathtub Throw it out the window with the best stuff Emotion wouldn't get expensive Somebody wanna learn a lesson 
You're listening to a chat with Ketchy and Lucy from The Pin, which is a newly launched discussion platform that explores race, culture and identity in Australia. This is Women on the Line. Growing up in Victoria and around Melbourne, we're very much an artistic community. So even when we're talking to people without the intention of them being a creative person, it comes out that they are. Um, And also I think... Um, For a lot of cultures, a lot of um, things that they celebrate about themselves are either food or art, artistically driven, um, which was another reason why we we have that. Um, I can only really speak from my experience of being a person who's very much in like the creative arts that I find that with art, there's a lot of freedom. Um, There's freedom to express. And I think that juxtaposes what people talk about on our site, um, talking about not being able to feel that they are themselves. Um, A really good example is Nadia Idris. When we spoke to her, um, she's a dancer. She's been on So You Think You Can Dance Australia. Um, And she does uh, dance hall, which originated in South Africa. Um, But she grew up in uh, Australia for a tiny bit and then Malaysia. And she was explaining to us that we can talk to her and ask her questions about her life and she can explain them to us. But until we see her dance, we won't really truly know who she is. And I think that really resonated with us um, and kind of is a really great way of summing up how it, how art allows people to really open up and really express themselves. And I think that's a um, really powerful thing Um I don't know. Is there more to it, Lucy? Apart from the fact we just like art. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, I think you really got it in a nutshell. Um, Nadia is probably the best example of that, yeah. But also uh, the other person that we have up as an express piece at the moment, sorry, Priya, she kind of talks about the evolution of her art coinciding with a development of confidence in her personal identity. So art is very much intrinsic to identity and confidence and I'm sure Ketchy would agree when she's on stage she feels so confident in who she is so I guess it's just another way of expressing. Yeah that's true actually art really does help a person develop their identity and um, yeah that is also true like when I'm on stage I have no insecurities about who I am which sounds weird to people because they're like, well, you're exposed to so many people and it's like a really like focused exposure but yeah, there's something about performing or creating that actually is very liberating when it comes to your identity. When I'm on stage, I don't, I'm very much like, this is who I am and I'm not going to apologise for it. Women's on the line. <laughs> oh, Women on the line. Women on the line. <laughs> <laughs> Well, from a basic level, if you look at um, Australian TV and the two most, I guess, symbolic shows of Australian TV that have kind of made it across the world, which are Neighbours and Home and Away, um, and you think about the diversity of Australia and then you think about those shows and there's not an accurate representation of what Australia is like. Um, It also really dawned on me specifically when um, the author of The Bad Feminist, I forgot what her name is, she's from America, Roxane Gay, um, came to Australia and I listened to an interview and she said, 
this is crazy. I came to Melbourne not knowing you had Asians in this country. And I've spoken to people who are Vietnamese or Malaysian who have gone overseas and have said that people are dumbfounded that they're Australian because there is no representation of who they are in mainstream media or in Australian advertising to other places to say, come to Australia. They say, come to Australia. We have beaches and coral reefs and the desert and blah, blah, blah. And we're all white with blonde hair and really dark tans. So there's no representation in that way. Um, and even recently, a lot of actors have been writing about how in audition processes they're told that they're too ethnic for the part or the part's not written for someone like them or if they do get the part that they have to anglicise themselves either through um, straightening their hair, um, changing, like removing piercings or whatever to not look like a, who they genuinely are. Um, and that's horrible. Where we're told by politicians that Australia is a multicultural society, yet in media representation, we're not there. I think radio and music is a slightly different because um, we've got a lot of artists in Australia like TK and Remy and Emphor Jones um, and even Omar Bin Musa himself, myself, who are very much from multi-cultures and we are out there representing Australia and we are out there playing around Australia and we're known to be Australians. We're not called like the multicultural section of, of your music listening. And another thing that's kind of come out of that is for, um, we, we interviewed um, Faustina Gulli, um and she'll be featured this month as well. Um, and we talked to her because... For myself and for a lot of African Australians, seeing her on video hits was like, what the hell is going on? They must have not realised that she's black because she's on commercial TV and she's very much not compromising who she is as a person. And she was very groundbreaking for a lot of us. Um, again, like speaking to an Indigenous artist called Katie West, she talks about the first time she saw Nova Paris and Kathy Freeman on TV. And for her, she said, it's the first time that I realised that people like me could achieve things. And that's terrible because the way that she had seen being Aboriginal was as a as a curse and that and I think Australian media needs to start becoming a bit more diverse and needs to start representing the people who actually live here and stop pretending like we don't because it doesn't make sense anymore we're your audience so if you're not yeah, showing absolutely. your audience like who they are which is what art's meant to do art's meant to reflect life and Australian media is not reflecting Australia and it's getting to the point where the Australians that were that um, it is representing are still obviously around, but the Australians that they're not representing uh, are starting to make some noise, and they need to start listening. Basically, um, I find that after each interview we do, or just from talking to people like yourself, we end up having these conversations saying we should feature someone like this and we think of a topic around that and think of amazing people that we could um, cram into that topic. And we do, we have the rest of the year, we know what we want to do for the ne for the rest of the year when it comes to the next um, kind of clusters of people that we um, have for, for the site. Um, at the moment we're working on trying to finish those off and we really do have the um, intention of um, putting events on um, but we're still very new to the game, so um, we're getting as much support and trying to make as many friends as possible because we want to, we, we really want to um, 
um, head into a lot more different um, media fields as, as well to have on the site. So we would really love to have a lot more audio and a lot more video. Um, and yeah, we've got a few ideas for events that we want to hold and we, we have a name for it, but, um, they're not, we haven't thought them out well enough. And so as excited as I am to, like, I told you about one idea that we had, it's not thought a hundred percent through. So it's kind of like a runny egg at the moment. <laughs> that is all good. Yeah. <laughs> I find, I feel like such a creep these days because I meet people and I'm constantly thinking about this project and how we can involve people. And I quite often will meet somebody and start kind of being like, hey, I'm working on this project. Want to be involved? <laughs> so it's just um, kind of, yeah, really drawing from the community. And I think as much content as we can put up there from people telling their, their kind of different Australian stories, I guess, the better. So it's just expanding the whole idea, as Ketchy mentioned, into podcasts, into events into film, photography, whatever we can do, we want to do it. We're always looking for new stories. Uh, we pretty much have this year complete, but we are thinking about what we want to do for next year. So we do encourage people, if you have a story that you don't feel has yet been represented, or even if you want to just tell someone your story, please contact us on helloatthepin.org. Um, we also invite people to subscribe to The Pin so that we can send you updates of events that we will have in the future and um, also of just the topics of each month. Um, we try to make the topics as widespread as possible to get a, a accurate representation of who we are out there in society. If you want to get in touch with Lucy and Ketchy, jump on thepin.org and I urge you to read all or at least some of the pieces on the website while you're there too. Women on the Line is Community Radio's National Women's Current Affairs Program. It's produced and presented by a range of women broadcasters from 3CR in Melbourne and broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network. We greatly appreciate the financial support of the Community Broadcasting Foundation. We welcome your comments or thoughts on today's show. So send us an email at womenontheline at gmail.com. Women on the Line programs can be downloaded from our website, 3cr.org.au slash womenontheline. The theme music for Women on the Line is Slideshow at Free University by Le Tigre. And the feature song for today's episode of Women on the Line is Just a Story by the wonderful Sydney-based Okenyo. Thank you for listening to Women on the Line. I'm Arie Noor and I hope you can tune in again next time. Oh, oh, oh.